0: Thank you for tuning in to the Phase One Sports Podcast. In today's episode, the Phase One crew talks about the NBA playoffs and the upcoming NFL schedule. Thank you for always listening to the Phase One Sports Podcast, a proud sponsor
1: of Bar Harbor Cellars Winery. Hi, it's Eric from Bar Harbor Cellars Winery located in Bar Harbor, Maine. Bar Harbor Cellars is a family owned and operated winery for almost two decades. And we have a very simple philosophy. When you wanna make great wine, use grapefruit. Our method is to source the fruit of our wines based on the quality, not fashion. We work with independent growers throughout Europe and North America who practice safe and sustainable viticultural methods allowing us to make wines across a wide spectrum. We're able to offer simple fruit wines with some delicate sweet notes, all the way up to big, bold varietal reds and crisp and delicious whites. Whether it's apples and blueberries from our backyard here in the state of Maine or the delicate Pinot Noir grapes of Northern Italy, we truly enjoy crafting these delicious, interesting, natural wines for you to enjoy. So when you're in Bar Harbor, please visit us at Bar Harbor Cellars. And if you need to, visit our website. Let us see if we can ship our wine to you. BarHarborCellars.com. That's BarHarborCellars.com. Select your favorite wine from our wine vault, and we'll see about shipping it to you. And now, let's ship you over to the Premier Sports team on the stereo app, the Phase 1 Sports Crew. And to you, our guests, and to the phase one team, we raise a glass and say salute.
0: Yeah oh. for I and biggie. Okay. What's
2: going, on, bro? what's going on,
3: bro? Yo, what's good,
2: what's, yeah. good? what's good, what's good.
3: Can't complain. I'm chilling,
0: I'm Alright, so hopefully they come in. So I'm gonna go ahead and start this without them. So everybody, thank you for coming into phase one. Forge Bliss edition. Got my man King in the building. <coughs> what's good? good, what's good, what's good. What's up everybody?
3: How y'all feeling? Oh, I'm okay. Tired as hell, man. Doing all this editing from, from the YouTube and all that shit TikTok. It's killing me. But I'm alright. I'm alive.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm about okay. right. to I can't complain. You know, I'm getting ready for the games, you know. That's
0: all I'm getting ready for. Ae, what's up, man? How are you? Man, right, I'm good, man. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. good. Everybody's good. All right, so I got to bear with me because I got some sinus issues. Y'all can hear the wasted allergies out here; it's killing me. So, what man? Let's talk about the playoffs. Let's get right into get into the playoffs. So we got Boston versus Milwaukee. They're tied at two-two. So I I want each one of you guys to let me know how do the Bucks win tonight, and then we'll go into how does Boston win tonight. So I'm gonna start off with King. How did Boston get this W? Then?
3: Um, they've got to do what they've been doing: spread the ball, uh, build the wall for Giannis. Jason Tatum's got to come up with twenty. Brown's got to come up with twenty. Um, Al Horford, we you know a little ten and ten. Um, Marcus has got to do what he does defensively, and um, they could possibly get the dub. You know, like uh, I don't see how they can't, but. You know, it's – these this, these playoffs have been pr- pretty crazy. You know, the home team has kind of been holding it down here and there. I mean, this is the only series where both home teams lost one game, so you never know. All right, Brandon, how does,
2: how does Milwaukee win this game tonight? I think Milwaukee just has to, um, you know, continue – same thing with King said as far as with Boston, you know what I mean. The keys to their victory, what they've been doing. I think that you know Milwaukee has to do the same thing. You know what I mean. Um, Giannis has to be honest. Uh, you know, try, don't you don't have to try to necessarily go through this brick wall that Boston is trying to necessarily um put up against him. Um, Drew Holiday has to be more consistent. I'm sorry, but he's been way inconsistent. With Middleton out, he has to be the second best player. The problem is. He's not built – he's not meant to be a second-best player. That's that's not him. And this is why this is kind of actually hurting Milwaukee in this series with Middleton being out. It's also rumors that Middleton might be out the conference finals if they make it there. I mean, so, I mean, Drew Holiday is really going to have to step up. But it's not just, oh – We need our third star to step up and be our second star at the moment. You need a collective unit. I don't know why Bobby Portis is – they've been inconsistent with his minutes. You know what I mean? Uh, He only played like 15 minutes last game. Like, no, you need your four horses with Middleton being out. You can't just put all of this on Giannis. You need everybody to come through. So – this is a, obviously we know about game fives. We all know this. You know, obviously you lose it's not the end of the world if Milwaukee loses tonight because you have game six back on your home floor. Damn. And all of these games outside of game one and game two, if I'm not mistaken, have been close, game three and game four. So with that being said, um it's not the end of the world if Milwaukee loses, but we already know about game fives. Whether you're home or on your or you're on the road for a game five is pivotal. And I think Milwaukee understands that. You know what I mean. So if you have any possible like I said, they it's you got They they proven on the road that they can win. Uh, you know they beat Boston. Uh, game one dominated them. Game one, they the defender champs, but they they gotta gotta be all whole, full, whole They gotta be the full team tonight, not just Giannis. Giannis has to do what he gotta do, but they gotta help him out.
3: Hold on, I, I want to argue the point that you made about Drew Holiday not pulling his weight. He scored twenty five points two games out of
2: this
3: series. And one of them lost, right?
2: No, I'm I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying there's been, because I was watching Skip and Shannon, and not only have been watching this, but I watched the series. They need more from him, though. Like, there's been, okay, he scored 25, but there's also been games where he's been quiet. Like, they need, it's not just Drew. Like I said, it's not just Drew. They need the whole team. It's not just Drew. They need the whole team. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, game one, and I'm going to let Saeed go real quick. Game one, we saw what happened. They Boston didn't put up no brick wall, whatever the case would be. But after game one, they now they want to put up, you know, they put up the brick walls. So, with that being said, it's not just Drew. They're gonna need everybody
3: else to, to you know, collectively tonight. No, I I feel you. The the thing is, and yet again, um, your opinion is your opinion. I'm not trying to kill it. I'm just saying, the last game that they just lost, Drew Holiday put up 16, nine assists and seven rebounds. I mean, he he's not a superstar, right? He, he's a a role player. Uh, I would yes, he's a role player, but he's a very central role player to their championship dreams. And well, if he's, I was about to say,
2: about to say, game one he had twenty five, that was good. Double that that's what you can get from him. Game one he had twenty five. Game two he had nineteen. Game right? two, all I'm saying he's going to have to step into like a bigger role. Like he, that's uh, no, all I'm I saying. feel you.
3: I know I feel you, Brandon. But what I'm saying is like there's not much. Of a bigger role he can step into when he's giving you double digit points every night and he's giving you six and six, bare minimum, six rebounds, six assists every single night. Grayson Allen needs to step up. Cutnington needs to step up. Well, that's up. what Good I step said. Step. I said the team, the collectively, the role players. No, I know I'm just saying like I am I'm, I'm trying to say like I, I don't want to attack Drew Holiday at any point. Like, you get you know I me? Mean? Because he, he's been doing his job and more. This is not the role that he's supposed to be playing. You know what I mean? And I feel you on the on, on Bobby Portis. I don't understand why he's not getting the minutes he should be getting, but I, I think everybody aside from him from him and Giannis, they need to help. You know what I mean? Because Gian, Giannis had two 26-point games, and they won both of them, right? Then he had a four... No, no, sorry. He, they lost one of them, and then he had his 40-point game, which me and my cousin were talking about on the pod. Like He's due for two 40-point games. He's had one already, right? Giannis is due for another one. The rest of the team just has to come, through. But I- I'm-, I'm gonna hold it there. Go ahead, Saeed. Sorry. Okay.
4: Yeah, um, good points from both of you guys. Um, I was gonna actually correct uh, you, Brandon, on what yeah, King already done, already done that. Um, by bringing up Drew Holiday dropping 25 points in the last game, and you know, he's turned up, man. Look it's it, he look, king's right it's it's the other players it's you know Covington he's got to step up you know Moses got to step up um you know bobby Porter's has got to play more minutes you know i i thought he i thought he played very well in that first round against the bulls you know and when he has played even in this series he, he's, he's played well enough and you know he should be getting more minutes because he can you know he can give you a quality minutes you know um, so I'd like to see him play a little bit more tonight. Um, as for Boston, um, look, they're just gonna like, look, they're just gonna try and build a wall, just like just like King said, they're just gonna build a wall around Giannis. He's just unstoppable. Um, Giannis is just, you know, he's hit another gear, um, and that Boston defense, which has been the best in the NBA uh, since the turn of the year, um, they've got to prove themselves. They got to they got to prove the league as to why they are the best defense and by stopping probably the most unstoppable player, not, on, not only on the offensive, but also on the defensive side with Giannis, you know, being a great player as he is and um, they've done okay. They've done pretty well on him. I thought the first two games, they did a pretty good job of, of holding of holding Giannis um, to a certain amount of points and did a, did a good job of, of containing him. But then obviously games three and four were different. You know, he's put up big numbers. Um but, you know, Boston, you know, they've just got to try and, like, get back to what they've done on the defensive side of the ball um, when it comes to to Giannis. But in terms of offensively for Boston, they've got to be more aggressive. Jason Tatum's got to be more aggressive. I know he he turned up big, you know, in, in the fourth quarter when he had to. But, uh, you know, like, you'd like to see him be a little bit more consistent in terms of just being the aggressor that he is. I mean, Jason Tatum's capable of that. We, we saw it in, in the first round against the Brooklyn Nets. You know, this is this is his moment now. You know, he's got to show, you know, the whole world, you know, that he's an emerging superstar, right? So, um, and there's no better team to do it against the defending champs in the box and I believe he can. It's just he just got to show a little bit more of that. Uh, Jalen Brown, same thing. You know, I mean, you're you're the second option on that team. You know, listen, look, he didn't play too bad. You know, last game, he's just you know, I just think you know they got to get. He just got to be a little bit more disciplined. Um, you know. He he was very lucky. He was very lucky not to be fouled out there in, in that last game. But uh, man, look, offensively though, man, just Boston's got to be more aggressive, man. Take their chances, man, and make their shots, man. Because you know, I mean, it's just you know they were they were fortunate, you know, so far in this series, you know, like they've st- you know it's two two. They've got to be they've they've got to be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive side. The Bucks are doing their thing though just got to, the, the role players have just got to contribute, man, because Drew Holiday's done his thing, Giannis has done his thing, you know, and we all know that gap in the middle between Giannis and Drew Holiday, Middleton not playing, somebody has to step up, just like King said, and, you know, as long as someone can step up, you know, Grayson Allen stepped up um, against the Bulls, you know, but has been a little quiet in this series, you know, Covington you know, he's got to step up as well, you know, and Club has got to step up offensively too, so um, if, if those guys can step up and actually get at least you know, 15 plus points, close to 20, knowing that Drew Holiday can you know, knowing that Drew Holiday can give you a 20 points, you know, on, on on a couple of nights with Giannis dropping at least 30, then offensively the Bucks are fine, because I trust them on the defensive side of the ball. Their defense is just as good as Boston's, even though Boston's clearly been the best this year, it's just that, you know, the Bucs you know, uh, you know, does a really good job with with his defensive adjustments. You know, I don't know if that's played a big role as to why the Boston Celtics offensively haven't been like great. But you know, they're, they're re- there's a reason why they're the defending champs, and and you know, Bucks just got to keep doing their thing. But they need to be, you know, they need to have a lot more contributors, and then Boston just needs to be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive side of the ball.
0: All right, so I'm going to need a prediction from you guys. Who wins tonight? and Who's the player of the game?
4: I'll start. Um, I, I, it's a tough one. I'm just going to – you know, I'm, I'm going to give it to Boston just just because, you know, they're at home. Um, I think TD, TD Garden is going to be rocking tonight. Um, it's, you know, it's so funny because game five – I've said this in a group chat. Game five is a mini game seven. Um, I said that last night when the Suns-Mavs series. But the difference is, like, and I think Brandon, you agreed with me last night, and I think it was Tony too. Um, whoever won that game, game five last night between the Suns and the Mavs, um, you know, would pretty much win the series. But that, but that was because, even though the Mavs they've been really good this series, especially at home, I'm really saying it because the Suns are way better from a roster standpoint. They're far more deeper. And and their coach, Monty Williams, has really coached... He's coached well, um, you know, this entire season. Of course, the postseason, they've had some hiccups along the way against the Pelicans and then against the Mavs. But I trust Monty Williams in what he can do from the adjustment standpoint. That's why I was saying whoever won that Game 5... Because if the Mavs won if, if Mavs won Game 5, they're going back uh, to the American Airlines Arena and they're going to be... You know, it's going to be tough for, for the Suns to, you know, maybe come back, right? Likewise, if the Suns have won that game, it will be tough for the Mavs to come back. Whereas this series, you know, Celtics, Bucks, whoever wins this game, game five, it's the series is still, it's still not over. That's why if I give it to the Celtics, I think the Bucks will win game six. So I'm going to go with the Celtics just because I feel like Jason Tatum at home, he's due for a big game. Jalen Brown as well, due for a big game. You know, I, it's, you know, I know Robert Williams is not playing, um, you know, in this game. That might be a big loss for them, but I... I still think at home, game five, mini game seven, Jason Tatum, if he goes off and Jalen Brown, if he goes off as well, you know, Marcus Williams plays, does his thing, you know, and Al Horford, you know, I know he had one of those rare, great games. Um, listen, it might be, it might be an outlier. You never know, but listen, he just got to, he just got to do his thing, you know, um, on the defensive side of the ball and try and cover and make ground for, for, for not having Robert Williams, but I'll give it to Boston. It's going to be a tight one.
2: I'm going to go with Boston. Um, I think, you know, being at home. um, uh, Right now, I just think they're slightly the better team. I think if Middleton was playing, I would give the S to Milwaukee. Middleton makes that much of a difference, um, in my opinion. I'm going to go with Boston tonight, though. I think they understand that you can't lose tonight and they have to go back to Milwaukee, you know, and and possibly an elimination game. You know what I mean? I think Boston understands that it's important to win tonight, you know, you lose in Milwaukee, you got game seven back on your home floor, and anybody that knows anything about basketball knows that, uh, you know, playing in Boston for any game in that matter, let alone in game seven, uh, that's definitely home court advantage. You know what I mean? Playing in front of that crowd, in front of those... um, you know, those fans, you know what I mean, and the history of that building, especially in game seven. So I'm gonna go with Boston tonight. I think Tatum shows up, Jalen Brown. I think the whole team shows up collectively. Um I think they make it tough for Milwaukee. Um, Giannis his, but I think they're gonna make it make it tough for Milwaukee overall. You know what I mean? I got Boston winning tonight. I got Boston Boston actually winning the series in seven. I think Milwaukee Boston wins tonight, Milwaukee will win the next game. Boston will close it out in seven. I think Boston and Miami are on a collision course for the conference final. So I got Boston tonight.
4: Yeah, so Real quick, I agree with Brandon. Um, in terms of predicting the series, I had Boston at seven as well. But it's, this is tight because it could have gone either way, Bucks or Celtic. One, you know, before the series, I was thinking, you know, maybe the Bucks might have the edge, and then you know, I was thinking, or maybe the Celtics might might have the edge, just cause they they've had the best defense throughout the year. I love what um, Udoka has done um, in terms of just coaching wise this year, his first year you you got the Bucks that championship dna from last year with Budenholzer and and just the continuity that they have but then again like brandon said you know no no middleton that could hurt them likewise boston with no robert williams that could hurt them too but i feel like middleton's just that important for them more so than the w- robert williams even though robert williams has been amazing so middleton just you know you need somebody that that second player you know like your batman and robin like your giannis is your batman and then, you know, you need your Robin. So, and, you know, just, they, don't, they don't have that. As much as I respect, Drew Holiday He's a really good player. He's a third-best player on the championship team. You know, not second-best. I just don't know. He's done his thing, but I just don't know if he can make up that much ground. Sorry, King. You can go ahead. Oh, well, you don't have to say sorry, my brother. Go ahead. You know, explain yourself off. Um,
3: I'm the reverse. I think, I think Boss is going to lose tonight. Um, I also believe that the Bucs are going to win. We're we're talking about Giannis that, like I said, in the first game, he only scored like 26 points. I think he's like 26, 12, and 6. And the team came along and they won that way, right? And I think that's the key for them in this game today. They need to play a complete and utter team game for them to demoralize Boston Tatum has been inconsistent Brown has been inconsistent they don't have Williams their defense is good it's great this year but I have a feeling Boodle Holzer has something to throw you know a wrench in their plans and guck, stick, guck things up you know like like me and um Saeed were, were agreeing on Gre- Grayson Allen Covington having George Hill back, I think, is kind of another reason why they're having these problems. Because when you substitute him for Drew, you're not getting the same production. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he, he's not the defensive guy Drew Holiday is. But yeah, no, Bucks, Bucks and six. They go take today, and then they go take the next one. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, that that's my prediction for sure.
0: All right, so it's 2-1. Um, I got to go with the Celtics in this one. I think the Celtics won the series. I think the Celtics won tonight. I think a big game from Jason Tatum. Uh, cliche saying here, role players definitely do play at home, play better at home. I think Boston's role players are going to play better at home. They're going to have their home quick, and they're going to be on their home floor. So I think they get it done. I agree with Said and Brandon. I think this game just actually – well, everybody in the panel said it goes 7. I think it goes 7. But I think Boston is going to be better at home. I think the injury to Middleton is going to end up costing them the series. Uh, I believe that if Middleton was healthy, I think um, they would have definitely won this earlier. I think they probably would have won this in six. With that saying, I have a little trivia question for you guys here. On to the next series. We know Golden State is up three to one. So what is the last team? in the postseason to come back from multiple 3-1 deficits. Nuggets.
2: That's yes, sir.
3: Yeah.
0: Yes, Nuggets. So with that said, guys, does Memphis have a chance tonight to win this game? S- sir, ultimately- sir,
3: sir. I'm sorry for interrupting the moderator. Hell to the now, now, now. Hell, now. Nah. Listen, and it's only because Jaws not there. The game that they had on not yesterday, but the day before, I was sweating. Me and Tone got a bet. I told him that the Warriors gonna get them out of there. But the game that they had the other night, if if they had jaw, the Warriors lose. That is the biggest difference in this series. Yes, I understand they don't have the experience like Golden State, but they if they if they can get within a 10-point lead with five minutes left and Jaws on the court? Man, it's going to be hard to stop him. I mean, he's he's getting to the basket whenever he wants and drawing fouls. and He's got a lot of at once just in this series. You know what I mean? Where he blows by somebody, they go to get the help defender comes, and it's a tweet, and he puts that joint in there. Without him, sorry, man, they make too many mistakes. The same thing I told told. I'm going to say here on this panel. The Golden State Warriors are not the Wolves. <laughs> Memphis should not be even playing right now, but they they were the better team, and that's what it is, but I'm sorry, tonight, the Warriors gonna get this done, we waiting to see who who wins out of the Mavs and the Suns, and you know what, we prefer the
4: Mavs over the Suns, so go Mavs, go. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you, King, I prefer Mavs, man, trust me, I just love Luka Doncic, man. You know, I need Luka Doncic to thrive in these players. Love you, love you, Booker man. You got to the NBA finals last year, man. You had your you had your chance, man. You had your turn, but uh, yeah, look, um, King. I get what you're saying, man. If Jar played, maybe the Grizzlies would have won that game. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying like the Grizzlies played entirely different basketball when it, when Jar's not when Jar's on the floor. I think, you know, offensively would it be different and defensively would it be different as well. Without Jar, they defend as a team, right? They defend as a team. They all have their assignments, you know, and they literally like guard, like man to man, you know. And when it comes, you know, when it comes to perimeter defense, they defend as a team. They go find their man, they lock up guys and they find their job. Whereas Jar Morant on the defensive side of the ball, you know, like, you know, he's more of a help defender, right? So, you know, it forces teams to kind of like it forces the Memphis Grizzlies to play differently on the defense side of the ball. So you know, I thought they did a great job on the defense side of the ball, containing you know the Warriors. You know, like to a certain amount of points. You know, like I know they dropped 140 uh, a couple games ago, and then you know last game it was they barely they squeezed only squeezed over 100 points. But um, so look, the Grizzlies played very well on the on the defense side of the ball. Um, offensively, you know, like. I thought they were fine, you know. Yes, Jar not playing maybe might have hurt them a bit because Jar's been going off this series, you know. Um, It's just, yeah, look, I I get what you're saying. You you like his play style and, you know, him going to the basket and all that, that's all good. Um, I'm actually going to touch on that a little bit later on, but as for the series prediction, um, i got the Warriors winning this one. They're going to close out the series tonight. Um, easy prediction, really. Just three one. It's too much of a lead. This is a young Grizzlies team who are very immature, by the way. I wasn't even impressed by the Grizzlies these, these players. I don't believe they'll come back from three one down. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna bet, but I just don't believe it. Um, and you know, I think the Warriors will wrap this one up. Um, going to Jar, um, yeah, King. I get what you're saying about Jar the way he plays, but I don't like. I'm not. i am not i am not the biggest fan of his play style um i question his longevity i question if the style of basketball that he plays um you know can win a championship um he'll win an mvp because he'll put up great numbers and his his highlight reels are going to be great in the regular season don't get me wrong you know and an mvp is a very very prestigious award you know we all know that it's just i just look at you know just the injuries he's had already you know, he's had that right knee injury in the regular season. He missed twenty plus games. He he's also had he tweaked that uh, right knee injury, um, you know, which now has caused him to miss pretty much entire playoffs. Now, I'm not I'm not. What well, you mean? You me. mean a series? You mean a series? Yeah, and, and he he had no, no, right no. and
3: left knee problems this year. It wasn't yeah, no, just his right knee. He has right no, and left
4: knee. Apparently, he's going to be out for the entire playoffs, even if they go through. Because apparently they're saying no. his knee is actually quite serious now, so he, you know not only he's tweaked it, but he could be out for the entire playoffs. Even if they, even if they were to come back from three-one and and like, go to the conference finals, you know don't try and play him. Don't get me wrong, but like you know, he's like do you don't want to you don't want to damage his knee even further. He's had knee knee issues, but I, I get you saying he's had left knee issues as well. But like the right knee was probably was the more serious one. That one was causing him to miss twenty games. I, I just don't like his play style. And and by the way, I want to say this. I sent this in the group chat the other the other day. Jordan Paul did not injure. He did not injure um John ja Moran. Oh, John ja Moran no, did not I, get I, I injured in that, that play by no, I, He actually I, I, got I, injured, I, I, you know, by contesting Clay Thompson's shot. You know, when he bumping when he knees high, and bumping, bumping knees, bumping bump, bump, bump to knees as well. And not only bumped knees, King. The landing too. The way he planted his his right foot. You know that yeah. caused that caused some pain in his knee, and I, immediately after he landed, there was discomfort in his face. He was grimacing in pain. Now he played the entire third quarter because that happened at the start of the third quarter. But he, I watched that game. He didn't look the same. His movements and his, his explosiveness wasn't yeah. there. You know, he was actually when he when when he had the ball, he was looking for he was looking he was looking to pass the ball rather than you know going for it. You know, at the rim. You know, you just knew he wasn't playing aggressive. You knew there was something wrong, and and as soon as he bumped knees with Clay and that landing, you know, afterwards where he planted his foot, like you knew there was a problem there. Obviously, the Jordan Paul one was. I just felt like he was being. I, I, I'm going to say this, right? I'm I, I don't hate Jaromir. Morant. I, I respect his game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I respect it because he he he, he, he plays hard, and and yes, he's box office. Don't get me wrong. Don't take this the wrong way, guys. But what he did and the way he reacted when Jordan Paul grabbed his like not even like, grabbed it like strongly, because obviously it's Jordan Paul, he must be, he must have to be, he, he has to be incredible hulk to grab his right <laughs> to grab his right knee to cause an injury there. I'm saying as soon as Jordan Paul made contact to Ja Morant's right knee, like I didn't like how Ja Morant behaved. He was immature, he was stroppy. I don't like I I just didn't like his attitude and that post on social media, by the way, broke the code, you know, in reference to what Steve Kerr said after the Dillian Brooks incident, you know. I I did not like. I did not like okay. Morant bringing that comment up. And, and, and by the way, I'll say this. You know, I think, listen, I think he's got to mature, not only off, on the court, but off the court. His game style, but also how he talks and how he behaves. Don't get me wrong. I don't I didn't mind him doing the gritty... And when they beat the Timberwolves, because he has every right to because I thought the Timberwolves were just as cocky as the Grizzlies, don't get me wrong. But like, I'm just saying like, you know, you, you gotta like you gotta clean up your act, man. And you know, this is why this is why the Grizzlies are losing this series easily, you know, because they're immature. They're not a mature team, they're young they're undisciplined, which is okay, because they're a young team, they'll probably get better, they'll use this as experience, and I'm sure Taylor Jenkins he's a young coach too, let's not forget, Taylor Jenkins ain't been around that long, you know, like, you know, he's a young coach himself, young pup, you know, with a young team, I'm just saying that you know, I, I don't like just the antics, the acts that John and the rest of the team you know, even Dillian Brooks as well like, you know, they're very undisciplined, and it's it's horrible to watch. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of their game entirely as a team. I'm not a fan of Jamarant's game. Not saying I don't like. Don't like the kid. Not saying I don't like. You know the highlight reels and everything that he's done. Like he just, don't get me wrong. Like don't get it twisted. I like. I want Jamarant to do. It. I like young guys, young emerging stars. I always root for those <clears> guys. I'm not gonna hate on it. I'm just saying, like, you know, there's a reason why they're losing potentially in five, and there's a reason why they were carried by. They were literally pushed by Minnesota to six games. Minnesota, all teams, come on, man. A lot of people were predicting that series to be over in four or five, and Minnesota somehow won two games. And By the way, Minnesota should have won that series, by the way. They had two 25-plus-point leads in the same game, three double-digit fourth-quarter leads, and they blew that away. They should have won that series. So the Grizzlies are very fortunate to be here, and we're starting to see the cracks of a very young, immature team. Um, but, King, I know you want to respond to that. I'll let you respond. Yes,
3: I do. I do. I'm sorry, Brandon.
4: I just I just need to,
3: you know what I mean, get at this guy a little bit. Um, we'll get to that message right away. Don't worry. I'm going to try to make this as short as possible. I understand your feeling with Jaw, but Jaw's the reason why that team is where they're at, period, right now. 100%. That's, you, you know what I mean? Now, I understand you don't like the playing style. It is reminiscent of Derrick Rose. He's not as jerky. But the high flying, the, you know, go at the rim with no regard for body, I understand that. He, he needs to get better defensively, which I think he'll do. And he just needs to get a jump shot. Once he does those two things, he's not going to spend so much time going to the lane, but he's going to be able to cause that that problem if he can develop a Chris Paul mid, mid-range jump shot. You know what I'm saying? If he can get one of those where, like, anywhere inside 12 feet and Gucci, I think he's going to be a real problem. Two, this team is young, but you have to remember, last year, they weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs, and they beat the same Golden State Warriors team, who I'm a fan of, without Klay, Poole wasn't playing that well, Curry was kind of, uh, and Draymond was whatever, right? But still, they still they still got a dub, they still went to the playoffs, yeah, they pretty much got swept out that joint, but... I don't think that they're that immature. I think they're very, they're very inexperienced with high-pressure situations. You know, what I mean, this is the second time they've been in the playoffs, so I mean, what do you really expect from them? And yeah, you, you're right. I said it at the very beginning of this pod, right? I said they shouldn't have beat Minnesota, but Minnesota was in the corner wearing a dunce cap, and like, like I said, they, they have to be the the dumbest team I've ever seen in my life play in the playoffs. Oh, Literally no. the
0: dumbest team, mm-hmm. dumbest team in NBA history. Not even postseason, just dumbest team in NBA history. <laughs> <But> <laughs> track, track, I, I
4: just let, we, let, we let me play, let me We
0: spoke on that. so yeah. Shout out to Lala Shout out to Storm Ready in the building. Thank yeah, you. For yep. Um, play this message from Storm Ready. All
3: right. Peace and blessings. Uh, what's going on, fellas? Uh, Memphis just young. You know they young. I tell you what. <laughs> And they keep their little team, their young team together. Because just
2: like I said, Phoenix last year, that was the experience. See, I predict Phoenix is gonna win the whole thing this year, y'all. That's why I believe. I think last year was like their test run. Cause I think, especially, you see, uh Chris Paul had been been stinking up the joint. I think by the time they get to the finals, he really gonna be playing it all because it's his time is running short. So what y'all think about that? Y'all think Phoenix gonna win the whole thing? All about?
0: Right, well, so I'm going I'm to I'm be quick because I didn't get a chance to speak yet. So I'm going to be quick. Yeah, yeah. Hell no to Phoenix. Golden State is on a whole different level, especially when they play the second version of the death lineup. Not too many teams could score with them. Um, dang, I actually lost my train of thought. I wanted to go somewhere else. But as far as Phoenix making it to the finals, no. Um, Mem- the problem with Memphis, and I appreciate Memphis because they're one of the few teams in the league that's a homegrown team where they didn't go out and get other players everybody's either been drafted or been with the franchise for multiple years and it kind of ties back to the NBA, Brandon King, Saeed too, you got, God, guys can all attest to this, like as far as when before the super team era it was always like yo this team is on the cusp of breaking into the you know next level as far as getting to the championship the only problem is we're not in that era anymore where you could just homegrown teams and get to that. Like if you look like if you look at a team like Phoenix, they were a homegrown team, but they needed somebody else to get to that next level, which was Chris Paul. So I think f- as much as Ja is talented, and give me, no, get me wrong, he's a very talented young player. They're going to need other pieces, and then you're going to have to pay Ja. And Memphis being a small market team is going to eat a, a lot at the cap. So you're probably going to have to trade a guy like Dylan Brooks. And if you trade a guy like Dylan Brooks, you're going to have to bring in role players or a another star to pair up with with John to get to that postseason. But you have a team like Golden State, even though their window is closing because Steph is getting older, Draymond's getting older, and Clay's getting older. But you have a guy in Jordan Poole that's going to be there. So if you can find the right pieces, you can be there. Phoenix, I don't know if... This is like Phoenix. Phoenix window, they're weird because they're a young team, but their window's closing because Chris Paul's getting older. So it was almost like if they don't win, here, they're probably never going to win because what, Chris Paul's 36, 37. But he's 37. He just turned 37. Yeah. He just turned 37. So it's going to be very – I highly doubt a 38-year-old point guard still going to be playing at this level come next year or years to come. I don't know if they're going to pay DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix because it's hard to pay a center nowadays, especially with the game going smaller. Devin Booker is definitely going to be the guy, so I don't know if Phoenix is still going to be there. So Memphis does have a a chance, but like I said, in today's era where superstars just go anywhere, I don't know if Memphis could take that next step without another superstar.
3: I feel you. Hold on, though. Um, Memphis isn't the only homegrown team. It's actually Phoenix the Bucks, Celtics, and Golden State that are all homegrown teams. Well, Phoenix, essentially, added Chris. they would have been homegrown, but they added Chris Paul. So it was like they kind of But that's that. That's the thing, though. Adding one superstar. Remember, we're talking about the era of super teams, right? That's what you were saying. And a super <laughs> team is usually two superstars.
2: But King right? Milwaukee's not really homegrown. Brook Lopez I mean, wasn't I, drafted, I, I, was
3: there. Bobby Portis wasn't
2: drafted there. Drew Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis. Well, okay, if you're talking about the two Middleton and Giannis, yeah. But the I mean, but them other players is kind of like yeah. addicts.
3: But those are role players. Those are role players. Every team's got to have yeah. role players. Yeah. Oh, right? I mean, we're talking about the super. Well, team. We're talking about the super team era. We're talking like, about having two superstars or more on the team.
2: Yeah, you, so let me do, go ahead I mean, and talk about the Golden State in Memphis because y'all 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 did a lot <laughs> with that.
3: Was that yeah, I, I wasn't even finished on that. I wanted to, <laughs> hold on before I wanted to say on the whole Jordan Poole thing. Anybody that took <laughs> that tweet that John put out seriously really needs to 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 look in the mirror. Yeah, all like, he, was on, doing, so he was doing, he like... was just playing. He was he was playing on people's emotions. We all know he knows. That's why he deleted it. He knew that that was garbage that he did, but he, he did it no. anyways to rile up. No. Oh, wait, wait, come on, oh, come on, hold on, wait. Can I? Can no, I please? Just... I want to get to the. Uh, game yeah, go game ahead, man. Sorry, go ahead, please, go, please. On, go ahead, go ahead, sir. Sorry.
2: No, it's all right, King. I just want to. <laughs> because Hold on, damn. All right, so from when I got Golden State, just like everybody else, closing out the series tonight. I think we need to pump the brakes on Memphis, guys. I I, I kind of I, I get where y'all are coming from, but this is a young team man like nobody saw them being the second seed this year nobody saw that and they end up being the two seed so i think people need to pump the brakes last year nobody expected them to beat golden state in the play and they did they stole a game i think they took what utah that series went five games they stole a game against utah when everybody probably thought they was going to get swept last year because utah was the number one seed like people need to pump the brakes on memphis a little bit they'll they'll be fine this is a young team As far as the immaturity with Ja, Ja's a young player. He's a part of my generation, you know what I mean, in terms of my age and stuff like that. This is social media, the music, the the, the style. That's that's who he is. I love it because we need more of that in today's game in terms of the style and the swag. As long as you're not doing that illegal off the court, man, or you're not doing that, you're not no dirty player. I love his game. I love his style. Ja is must-watch TV. Now, in terms of his style of play, I agree with Sai and King to some regard in regards to his style of play. He is a jerky, but that's his style of game. He's a high-flying point guard. I mean, of course, yes, he's going to have to take, take care more of his body. But he just came into the league, what, a couple of years ago. He's still kind of, you know, he's skinny. This is his style. That's his size. You know what I mean? Of course, he's going to have to take care of his body more in terms of his style of play. I've been saying that about Embiid for years, a big man. Ja is going to have to, you know, change his style. I think he knows that, but he's young. I agree with King. Memphis is – like I said, they did go on a a big stretch where they was winning games without job. But they're not in this position without job. We know that already. You know what I mean? So, with that being said, Memphis just ran into a better team. You know what I mean? I think we saw that against Minnesota. Two young teams – you know what I mean? And we saw the immaturity for Memphis. We saw in terms of their style of play also. But they ended up winning that series, did what they needed to do. They just ran into a championship-level squad and an experienced team like Golden State, which we know. We already, come on, man. We know Golden State. They've been on this spot for, what, up to 10 years now already in terms of with this team. You know what I mean? So, them getting about to get closed out tonight. I mean, I, again, we were all love the series that at least went six or seven. But it is what it is. Jazz hurt. Um, I got my own personal reason. I mean, I got my own initial thoughts on that that play. Uh, that wasn't necessarily a dirty play, but when you look at that, because I was watching Skip and Shannon this morning, when you look at that play, though, he's not Jordan Poole is not reaching for the ball. He grabbed Ja's knee. Now, I don't think he was trying to injure his knee. That, that, that just because he wasn't trying to, that may not have been his tensions. You did grab his knee, bro. He wasn't grabbing the ball. It wasn't like he was grabbing the ball. He ended up hurting. Now, I don't think Ja hurt his knee on that play. It was two plays he banged. It was a play earlier where he was trying to close out Klay Thompson, and they end up hitting each other's knee. And then Ja ended up hurting his knee again after that. But as far as that specific play, he did grab Ja's knee. He wasn't aiming for the ball. He was trying to grab Ja's knee to push him away from the ball because Wiggins was trying to get the ball. Hold on, Sal, let me finish. So that's what, it, that's, that's what that was all about. Now, again, I got Golden State winning tonight. I think Golden State and Phoenix are on a collision course for the conference finals. Is what everybody wants to see. To be honest with you, I'm going to be honest with y'all, I think this is going to be somewhat of a finals matchup. To be honest with you, that's no disrespect to anybody coming out the East. But this is the, the collision course that everybody's been waiting for. We saw them play in Christmas. We saw them play again multiple times in the regular season. This is what everybody wants us to see. No disrespect to Dallas, no disrespect to Luca. I like Luca, but I don't want to see Dallas and Golden State. (laughs) I want to see Phoenix and Golden State. These are the two powerhouses. This is the the collision course right here that everybody want to see. I expect for this series to go seven. Again, we'll see what happens tomorrow night with Phoenix and Dallas. That series is not over with yet, but Golden State closes out the series tonight. I actually have Golden State won it all. Anybody that knows me said that during the beginning of the season, because I didn't make no predictions before the season started in terms of championship, but during the beginning of the season, when I seen the way Golden State was playing, I said, okay, they look like they're they 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 they, they going to win it all. Just because of the simple fact that people got to remember, I, Golden State is playing with a vengeance. I don't think people really understand what I'm talking about, but you got to remember, their last two titles, K, they, KD, they, they kept handle. KD was the main reason why they won it, and rightfully so. But I think they're trying to look at it like, y'all must have forgot about us. Like, y'all must have forgot we did win the championship back in 2015. We were young. But I think Steph is on a. remember, Steph is hearing the, no- the rumors and the noise about, you know what I mean, oh, uh, I never won finals MVP or I perform. I don't perform as well as I do in a regular season. So I think Golden State is playing with a certain type of vengeance, and I like it because they people got to remember this is still, to some degree, the class of the league. This is who every team kind of remodeled their team after once they saw what they was doing or after all these years. They was killing the lead. So I'm liking what I'm saying. So I gotta go to state winning tonight, and I'm I'm looking forward to Golden to State and Phoenix because I, I don't I don't want to see Dallas. I'm sorry.
0: Nah, I was about to say I agree with you hundred percent as far as everything you said. But here's the thing: nobody tonight is giving Memphis a chance. So is there a way that Memphis finds a way to win this game to push this to six? Because everybody right now
3: has read off for State. On the I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I just wanted to say one thing. Maybe nobody on this on this podcast believes in the in the Memphis Grizzlies, but I said it on my at the beginning of the year, they're going to be a top five team. No if, no as, no buts. So then getting to second, that's just icing on the cake for me. I knew what they could be. The reason why nobody's giving them a chance to win tonight is because there's no jaw. We've seen what happened last game. They had a 10-point lead. 10 minutes left. I mean, you can yeah. t- took the, hold on, It took the Warriors. Until the four, there was 43, 42 seconds left for them to get the lead because Memphis made bad decisions. They're prone to doing that. This is what they did when they played against the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves just couldn't capitalize. They're playing against a Golden State Warriors team that punishes you. They're like they're like the Patriots of the NBA right now. You make they're not going to beat themselves up, but if you make a mistake, they're going to kill you for it. How many how many threes did we see them see them take when they're up ten points? Take a two, get to the line, get a layup. You don't need three pointers. These niggas are shooting you step back three pointers and these, bro. That's why they're gonna lose tonight. No jaw. And when it comes down to crunch time, they're not gonna be able to perform. I promise you.
0: All right, so I, Yeah. That was a good thing, cause I'm about to switch over. Yeah, to- I'm gonna be
4: quick. Oh yeah, I am gonna be quick. Um I'm just gonna uh, piggyback what um King said. Um, yeah, I agree. Um I expect some I expected Memphis to to be a top five seed. Um just because the Clippers with Kawhi not uh playing with Kawhi's ACL and Paul George his injuries as well uh, with the Lakers down for Nuggets, not having Jamal Murray and MPJ. I thought this was the opportunity for Memphis to, to crack the top four seed. And I expected them to be a very good regular season team and carry on what they've done last season um, as well. So I knew they were going to be a top four seed, top five seed at the very least. And you know, they ended up being the number two seed um, as far as playoffs are concerned. I thought they would be a lot better in the playoffs. Cause I thought, you know, I know, um, Brandon uh, brought up the jazz series last year, where they took a game off against the number one seeded uh, Utah jazz. In my opinion, if we did this podcast last year, um, I was not a big believer in the Utah jazz, even when they were a number one seed. But then again, it was still impressive just because it's Utah. They were, they were at the time, you know, they were a very good team and they were the number one seed for a reason. And the the Grizzlies, you know, inexperienced, they did a really good job of that. I thought this year they would have been a lot better in the playoffs. I've, you know, they've somehow found a way to, to go through against Minnesota. Uh, this was more Minnesota's collapsed. Like King said, you know, they are playing dumb basketball and probably were the dumbest team I've seen in NBA playoff uh, history in terms of recently. So um, yeah, and then obviously this series, they're getting exposed for their immaturity. Now, I'm not saying that the Grizzlies um, can never be mature. Of course they can. Like I, I said this um, a few minutes ago, they could use this this year as experience and try and be a little bit more mature and be a little bit more smarter. And who knows? They've got the talent. Just got to, just, just got to figure it out in their heads. So as long as they can do that, they can go as far as whatever, you know, like to say that good of a team. They're very deep and they're well coached. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Taylor Jenkins. I like how he, I really liked how he's coached so far, even though, you know, they've been dumb, but I've, the adjustments he's made, he's made adjustments, you know, at the right time, and the teams played better for it. It's just, it's just at key moments they made they make mistakes, and Golden State Warriors have punished them. And uh, it's a good example that King brought up with the Patriots. They're like the Patriots in the NBA, you know, because you know Golden State they punish they punish teams when they make mistakes, especially a young team like the Memphis Grizzlies. So, um, I, I listen. I never thought they had a chance. I thought I actually predicted five. I thought the Golden State Warriors were going to win this series in five. Um, and it's looking, it's looking like that way. So um, I never gave Memphis Grizzlies a chance in this series, just based on on, on the Timberwolves series. I just thought, you know, this, the, the immaturities are just going to catch up with them. Um, but yeah.
0: Well, guys, the NFL schedule comes out tomorrow, so I'm going to pose you guys a question as far as the off season so far. So I need each one of you guys to give me your most improved team from the off season, including the draft, free agency and the team that didn't do enough um, to approve their roster. So I'm going to start off with King, go Brandon, and then go Saeed. Can I go my worst first? Yeah, you can go worst to first, first to worst, whatever order. But the object is try not to pick the same teams. So if King says a team that you were going to pick, you got to pick a whole new team. So, Saeed, that's for you and the Jets. (laughs) Listen...
3: uh The worst team, I think, was the Patriots. We did absolutely freaking nothing. I don't know what's going on with Bill. He's on another level. Um, Don't understand it. And then the best, it's – I'm sorry, Saeed. I want to say the Jets because they made a lot of improvements in a lot of places. (laughs) They they did what they needed to do in the draft and, and training. I'm not too familiar with all the players that they picked up. But um, they picked up more than enough to fill their roster properly, especially if all but maybe one pan out. There'll be there'll be a team in the East. They might they might give they might give the division a little run, like I, probably second place. If if I want to be honest, I'm not going to be watching any of the games though. But yeah, so my my worst would be the Patriots. I don't know what that was going on, with Bill. He's a dickhead. And
2: then, best <laughs> I probably see Jets. I I'll probably see Jets. All right. Um, as far as the worst team, um, as far as actually, like, you know, obviously, uh, oh my God. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm looking at this big ass bat in somebody's backyard. I'm sorry about that. All right. Um, I'm gonna say. Honestly, I'm gonna say, um, the worst thing I think was Dallas. I don't know what, like, listen, when you you win a division and then you, you know, and I I know this might sound like because I hate Dallas and I'm a Giants fan, so it might come off like that. People could take that how they want to take it, but I'm just being honest. Dallas didn't do anything. Uh, Um, I don't know what the hell was going on with Jerry, uh, but you know, Dallas, obviously, from Dallas fans, I've came across this all off season, everybody's upset. And rightfully, rightfully so. Uh, Dallas didn't do anything to upgrade at all. There's no way where you can sit there and say they got better. They lost some key pieces. Still got some caliber players, but they lost some key pieces. Um, so I don't think this was a good offseason for them. I think Dallas actually got worse. The, the thing is, they play in the NFC East. But the thing is, the NFC East is not going to be bad for long. So Dallas needs to take advantage for with the, the window that they do have. Because you want to talk about a window that's closing real soon. Uh, Dak is not old, but you know what I mean? How many chances are you gonna keep getting? You know what I mean? To get over that hump. You know what I mean? It's been it's been twenty some years. You know what I mean? So but that's neither head there. I'm gonna say dollars. Um as far as the upgrade, um I don't think we made moves, but I'm not gonna give us that. Not not uh-uh. um I'm gonna say Cleveland. Because Cleveland got their quarterback, we'll see what happens with Watson's situation. They added Amari Cooper to, uh, you know that 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 just more that just adds more to the offense with the the, the running back tandem and stuff like that, and other receivers that they have. Um, And I believe I'm not mistaken. Did Cleveland have somebody on defense? I'm not sure. Um, but I just think Cleveland had a good old season because I think they got their quarterback, and I think that's what Cleveland needed. They needed a quarterback because they got the weapons. The, the Cleveland, roster is not the problem with Cleveland, nor that I thought coaching A lot of people was trying to commend Stefanski um, this past season. I didn't really understand why. I'm like, look who his quarterback is. Don't disrespect to Baker, but listen, man, it is what it is. So I think Cleveland had a really good old season. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of other teams I probably could have mung b- 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 out there. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Like, I, once the season ended, I went strictly right into basketball to the point where I was seeing what was going on in regards to free agency and stuff like that. I didn't really watch the draft at all. I just saw who we picked up and seen certain teams. But, you know what I mean? As far as from what I know, I'm going to say Dallas because they downgraded and Cleveland because I thought that they did what they were supposed to do to compete amongst not just in the AFC North. But the actual compete amongst the elite teams in the AFC because they have that quarterback now, and now you can work everything else.
4: Yeah, uh, the worst. Um, um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Chicago Bears. Um, this one's easy for me. I, I mean, they haven't done anything to surround Justin Fields. Justin Fields, and I feel sorry for Fields because you know he, he gets drafted by the Chicago Bears. Oh, Say that's oh, a good oh. point that he put. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Say, but
2: that is a good ass point. I just I didn't even think about Chicago, they didn't do nothing about fields. I'm sorry, yeah.
4: I, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I, mean, I was, I mean, I'm a little surprised you guys didn't pick the Bears. Um, but you know, I, I understand. I mean, I, I agree with you guys, Cowboys and Patriots, but obviously, on said I can't fans. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can not pay attention to the, the Bears. I'm
3: sorry,
4: yeah. I mean, hey, but hey, I don't blame you, King, man, but, you know, the Bears are a dumpster fire. Um, I felt I feel sorry for... I, I'll tell you what, when when the Bears traded up, because I was watching the draft last year, when they traded up to 11 uh, with the Giants, I felt so sorry for Justin Fields because I knew he was going to be the pick. And I said, whoever gets picked, I, I pray for them. I, I really do. And then and, and Justin Fields happened to be drafted. He was, he was drafted into a dire situation with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Matt Nagy gets fired. Um and then they bring in a coach, Matt Eberfluss. Now I, I don't know much about Matt Eberfluss. I know he was the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts and the Colts' defence was okay. I mean, it was, it was it was it was like in the top ten, don't get me wrong, it was good. It's just that, you know, I just I, I mean I felt like there was better candidates, head coaching wise. I thought it should have gone for Brian Dable. I don't know how the hell you going go for Brian Dable to, to come in and, and help Justin Field. I thought the Giants got a steal there. I, 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 that's one of my favourite head coaching irons, by the way. Uh, for, for the case on for case on and Brandon, I know you guys are Giants fan, Giants fans out there. So, I mean, they should have gone and hired an offensive-minded coach at the very least, even if it's a defensive-minded head coach. But at least someone that can bring a culture. I don't know much about Matt Aprilus. Maybe he might be that guy. Uh, but again, free agency. They've done nothing to surround Justin Fields. Now I know cap situation-wise, they're carrying a lot of a lot of dead cap for for the Khalil Mack trade. Okay, cool. But I'm just saying, like. You know, you don't have a first-round pick because, obviously, they used that first-round pick for this year to, to trade up to go get Justin Fields. They should be able to still surround Justin Fields with some talent, some respectable talent, you know, offensively. Their number one wide receiver, guys, is is Byron Pringle. Uh, come on. I mean, he was, like, the number four wide receiver with the Chiefs. Now, obviously, he was you know, <laughs> the, Chiefs, the Chiefs have a good wide receiver course. Don't get me wrong. Pringle... I mean, no disrespect. And was it Mooney? Mooney's actually their number one. So Pringles, their number two. Pringles are like the number four or five receiver. Mooney's a, a number three, but a low-end number two receiver. Those are your top two wide receiver options. I mean... I mean, come on. I mean, you got Cole Komet. He's a good young tight end. But, you know, you've got Montgomery. Um, you know, you got guys like that. It's just... I, I just... The weapons are not there. The offensive line hasn't improved dramatically. They lost their best guard in James Daniels, who went to Pittsburgh, by the way. That was a good signing for PJ's Pittsburgh Steelers. So they lost their best guard, their offensive line, which was, which was already bad, has had gotten weaker, okay? Um, you know, I feel sorry for Justin Fields. His situation reminds me of Sam Darnold with the Jets in 2019, when Adam Gates came, when the Jets barely improved on offense and that caused Zach, uh, sorry, um, Sam Darnold to, you know, to really be, you know, to, to regress, right? Because he had a pretty decent rookie year and then he regressed because the Jets didn't surround him with talent. And I just, I'm worried for Justin Fields because this offseason really is about improving your second year quarterback, right? And the Jets have done that with Zach Wilson. Trav, uh, the Jags have done it to some extent with Trevor Lawrence, uh, even though I, I didn't like the move, but but they did, they did improve offensively. Um, Trey Lance obviously went into a good situation. Anyways, um, you know who else? Uh, the Mac Jones obviously, the, the Patriots kind of regressed. I think obviously losing James, uh, Josh McDaniels, and not replacing him with an offensive coordinator that might hurt him a little bit. But but I'm saying like the the Jags and the Jets have have improved on the offensive side of the ball, where at least Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson can take a leap. Whereas Justin Fields. I'm worried about that situation down there in Chicago. They haven't improved. They've gotten worse because they've lost their players. They've lost Alan Robinson, who was always going to Anyways, James Daniels, their guard, their best guard is gone. Um, Khalil Mack, they traded away, um, which, fair enough, I guess, but they couldn't get a first-round pick. He's that good of a player. End up only getting a second-round pick, so they, I feel like they've lost the trade to the Chargers. Don't care. And they're carrying all a lot of dead cat, by the way. Um, they're going to have $100 million in cap space next year. That's the only good thing. But forget about next off-season. We're talking about this off-season. Like like the new GM they brought in, Ryan Poles, you want to make a statement already. At least bring somebody to help Justin Fields, and they haven't done that. The Bears are going to be horrible. I think the Bears will have the number one or number two overall pick next year. They're going to be that bad, I really believe. So they're lucky they, they have a first-round pick. this year. Imagine they traded that first-round pick uh, to the Giants and ended up getting Justin Fields. Imagine that, you know, like, they're lucky because they're going to need that number one pick or number two pick, you know, and, and try and add some talent because, you know, the Bears, I'm just disappointed. I know it went, I know it went a little bit long on the Bears front, but the best offseason, I'm going to keep this one brief, it's the Ravens. Um, You know, I actually feel like the Ravens have, have improved a lot on the defensive side of the ball, offensive line as well, um, I thought they they, they balked up their offensive line. They drafted Tyler Linderbaum. Um, they also um, drafted uh, – uh, uh, you guys don't know this guy. He was drafted in the third round. Uh, Falele, Falele um, who was the tackle for Minnesota. I think he's going to be a very, very good um, right tackle for them. So they they balked up the offensive line to add more protection for for Lamar Jackson, and that should help in the run game. Um immensely, so we'll see a much better production from the running game standpoint, and and, and Lamar Jackson will have more time in the pocket. Um, and I expect Lamar Jackson to take a big leap again. Um, defensive, the, the defensive side of the ball. Marcus Williams, the safety, they signed him from the New Orleans Saints. Very, very good safety, strong safety. Um, you know that was a big pickup for them. Kyle Hamilton, he might be the best player in the entire draft. By the way, guys, he was a projected top five pick. In the draft. Now, unfortunately, he plays at the safety position, which you know caused his stock to drop a little bit. But he's all round a great for he can line up anywhere on the secondary. He could also play weak side linebacker. Um, you know, I think you know he's a I think for any defensive coordinator, he's a dream. You know, if if only Wick Martindale was still the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, he would use this guy like a like a Ferrari. That's how good of a player he is. I really love their offseason in terms of from the free agency standpoint, as well as the draft. Now, yes, their biggest loss was Mark Marquis Hollywood Brown, but I don't think it's a big loss. I know a lot of people think it is. I don't think it is because I said this many times, the offense that the Ravens run doesn't suit pass catches like Marquis Hollywood Brown. And he even said it. If you guys, I don't know if you, there was a podcast on, um, I am on the, I am athlete podcast. Um, he actually said that the reason he actually requested a trade, he wanted out of, of, of Baltimore because of Greg Roman's run-heavy offense. Because you know he wasn't, you know he wasn't getting as many looks, you know. And you know Marquis Hollywood Brown is entering in, in he's entering in, in contract here, right? He's, in, he's entering into his contract here, and he wants to be paid, you know. And he knows the Ravens are not going to pay him because the production isn't there, and that's not his fault because of that because of the offense that the Ravens run. So I don't think it's a big loss. Yeah, of course they need more weapons on the outside. Don't get me wrong. It's just, we'll see. But I think they bulked up the offensive line, so the run game should be a lot more fe- effective. And plus the RPO game, the defense, especially their secondary, to go with their pretty good defensive front and their pass rush should be should be heavily improved. I, I think they're going to be a top five defense in the NFL. I think they'll be at least a top 15 offense in the NFL. I think they they are the favourites. They should be the favourites for the NFC, as uh, so for the AFC North, along with the Bengals. They should be the favourites. I actually got the win in the division. I made my predictions uh yesterday. So that's how great of an offseason the Ravens have had. And this is a team that finished last in the AFC North, too, guys. Let's not forget, I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna go from last to first in that division. So for me, worst off season, the Bears, best Ravens. All
0: right, final question of the night. Because we're going to end the show after these questions after this last question here. So I need two teams that are under the radar in the AFC and the NFC. Which meaning a team that nobody's talking about that you guys believe would make the postseason. So one team from the NFC, one team from the AFC. Could be the worst team. Could be the Jacksonville Jaguars for all I care. I just need two teams from each one, one from each division on nobody's talking about that can have a postseason run or make it to the postseason.
2: Wait, okay, you said one from each division or you saying you would you saying one two from, or one from each division? One from each conference. So one from the AFC, one from the NFC. All right. Um as far as the AFC that nobody is talking about as far as the AFC is concerned. I'm gonna go with let me see let me It'll see. Be- let me see. Don't gotta be like nobody. It could be an underrated team, like you feel like. Just yeah, right. Just an underrated team that nobody's talking about. All right, I'm gonna go with. Again, I'm I'm gonna go with Cleveland, man. Like I said, I know I just put, but I don't Look, like, again. Cincinnati's defended the AFC. They did defend the AFC North and AFC champs. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with Cleveland. I, 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 nobody's not really talking about them. Um, I think rightfully so because nobody really knows about the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, and my pick possibly can change if we end up coming up with this question later on during the summertime once we find out the Sean Watson situation. But um, I'm going to go with Cleveland because I, I personally believe that Cleveland has the best quarterback in the division now. Um I believe that they have surreal offensive talent. I believe they have good defensive talent. And I think they can beat anybody if Deshaun and Cleveland is fully healthy. And I really, truly believe that because of the talent on both sides of the ball. When you have a quarterback like that combined with the offensive talent and the defense that they have, they match each other on both sides of the ball. I think when you look at every team in that division, Minus Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh doesn't – I think Pittsburgh is going to be bad for a little bit. Um, those are the three teams, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. They have – as much as I love Joe Burrow, if I had to rank the quarterbacks, I would say Deshaun, Joe Burrow, and Lamar in that order. And I would take Deshaun over Joe Burrow. And Cleveland has the talent to match with it. So I'm going to go with Cleveland on the AFC. As far as the NFC is concerned, a team that nobody's talking about in the NFC – I'm gonna go with Philly because Philly has the chance to not only, you know, win the NFC I think Philly can win the NFC East and we'll see what happens if they get to the you know, obviously if they win the NFC East, they'll host the playoffs game, We'll see what happens in the playoffs. But they had a good off season. Um, the, I was questioning Howie after the, the 2020 season, after you know, they had that debacle and the whole car situation. I was questioning how he as a GM because I thought people was t- too quick to overrate him as a genius after the whole Super Bowl run and all of that. Um, after the couple of years they had afterwards. But it looked like he kind of got his – he didn't lose a touch or anything like that because they've had a good offseason. And one thing about Philly, when they do these trades in the draft, they really be like – I don't want to use the word fleecing teams, but they really – how he knows how to like do certain things. i would be like, damn, how the hell they get this? Or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, exactly. So, I mean – AJ Brown and Devontae. I mean, this is a big year for Jalen Hurts. I expect for Jalen Hurts because there's a lot of people that's low on him. I don't get I mean, I get it. I don't get it. I don't get it because it's like, bro, last year, and I, I'm going to make, make this real quick, and then that's it. Last year, I, that was really Jalen Hurts' like, actual full season as a starter. I think people make it seem like he had two, four years to start. No, the 2020 season, he came in towards the end. He kind of got thrown into the fire. The Eagles weren't going nowhere anyway that year. The season was already done. But last year was his first full season as a starter. You know what I mean? So let's give this man a chance another year and see what he could do with a full offseason under his belt in the second year as the actual man. You know what I mean? You add A.J. Brown, who he's best friends with, chemistry with, and the Devontae Smith, who we saw the chemistry last year, who he's best friends with. You paired him to with Dallas Goddard at tight end. Miles Sanders just has to stay healthy because when he's healthy, the man is damn near averaging five yards a pop. They have a good offensive line. Nick Seriani looked like he finally found the way to, to coach and p- implement his style along with Jalen Hurts. Now you got the toys to go along with it. Philly defensively wasn't that bad. I'm still kind of questioning the secondary is still to me kind of questionable outside of Slay. This second day sometimes can be questionable. Brandon Graham will be back. He's older, so he is coming off the case. We'll see what happens with that. But the D-line is still there. I'm going to go with Philly.
4: Yeah. Uh, in terms of AFC, this is so difficult, man, because there's so many that like every... I actually, I miss, like, there's like 11 teams, 12 teams in the AFC. Now, a lot of people are talking about. Whereas the three teams are the Texans, Jags, and Jets, are they're not being talked about as much. I mean, I want to gear towards one of those three teams, but then the Jets are getting a lot of love because of their off season. A lot of people are putting expectations on the Jets, so I, I'm not going to pick them. You know, Jaguars, I'm not going to pick them. I'm not going to pick the Texans because I still think they're at least a couple years away. But I'm actually going to pick a team that, that that has been getting that has been getting disrespected a lot in the AFC. For whatever reason, because one player left them, only one, and I know he's a big. I know he was big for that quarterback, but come on, like he's still like, come on, like, i You know what I'm doing? The Kansas City Chiefs. I can't believe I'm even saying the Chiefs are underrated. I can't believe I'm saying this because the Chiefs. We always talk about the Chiefs as the gauntlet in in the AFC, and and now I'm seeing people. I saw I saw a couple of power rankings, by the way. And some people put the Chiefs as far as number nine on the the power rankings or number 10. I mean, I get they lost Tyreek Hill. Don't get me wrong. That's a big loss, okay? But at the same time, you still got Andy Reid to play. Andy Reid is one of the best. He's one of the best offensive head coaches, offensive-minded head coaches in the NFL. You know, I actually have him over Kyle Shanahan, you know, in terms of offensive play calling. This guy is a genius. I trust Andy. Andy We can make a, a crap quarterback look a good quarterback. You know, we've seen it with Nick Foles. He was a, he was a an above. You know, a sort of a, a below average. You know, low end starting starting quarterback in, in the NFL. He made him a very good QB, a respectable QB. You know, we we've seen. You know, guys. Uh, we've seen him. I thought so Kelly was the coach when Foles had that year. I'm not saying. Um, my bad. But, you know, like, no, I'm saying that the coaching personnel, like, that was there. Like, I was, got you. you I know, got you. all came from, from the Andy Reid tree. I'm just saying, like, Andy Reid, like, the coaches even he's he developed, you know. I mean, I, you listen, he even refined Michael Vick's game, you know, made him a much better passer, right, of the football. Because we all know Michael Vick's running ability. But, you know, he, I, I listen. I'm saying this, bro. I'm not doubting Andy Reid. I'm never going to doubt Andy Reid as a head coach, and I ain't doubting Patrick Mahomes. Listen, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have lost their top targets over the years in their careers. I mean, Tom Brady, I know you had like Randy Moss for a little bit, you know, um, and then obviously, you know, once he lost Randy Moss, you know, and, you know, yeah, you know, he he never really had that superstar receiver uh, until at least, until he had Antonio Brown. I know he had Gronkowski, his his trusted tight end and, you know, I know he had guys like Julian Edelman, I get it, but they're not su- they're not superstar caliber named. I get, you know what I'm saying? Aaron Rodgers has never had a, a, a like a receiver like a, a Devontae Adams. And then, you know, Devontae Adams really took, you know, he really bursted onto the scene like three, four years ago where he was now pretty much the best receiver in the NFL. You remember those, I'd say between the years of 2011 all the way up until 2016, 2017, Aaron Rodgers never really had that, you know, that that real top top receiver, like a top three, top five receiver. And he was still very, very good. He was still respectable. Patrick Mahomes, we all talk we all talk about Patrick Mahomes like he's an Aaron Rodgers of our generation, like of this generation. You know, and we talk Patrick Mahomes like he's he could be one of the best in the game, like Tom Brady. And and, and we're all doubting we're all doubting Patrick Mahomes because he lost Tyreek Hill. Do I think the Chiefs um are worse without about, about, Tyreek Hill? Yeah, of course they are, but it's not like they're so. It's not like they're like significantly worse. I still think the Chiefs could win the division. I still think they can. It's just obviously the AFC West is just loaded up. You know, the Raiders have loaded up, the Chargers have loaded up, and the Broncos have loaded up. So it's going to be tough for the Chiefs. This is the first time where we can actually say that the Chiefs are not going to win the division. It might be somebody else. Whereas the last couple years, last few years. We've all said the Chiefs were going to win the division outright. But it's not because, oh, the the Chiefs lost Tyree Gill. It's because the teams have just loaded up and and have caught up with the Chiefs from a talent perspective. So, you know, the Chiefs are becoming way too underrated. I'm seeing power rankings where they're like between like, you know, seven like t- seven to 12. And that, that's just ridiculous, man. So they're, they're very underrated. And I still think the chiefs can win this division. I still think the chiefs can win 10 plus games, 11 plus games, and still be a force to be reckoned with, you know, in Indiana. NFL. I still think they can go deep in the playoffs. You know, I just trust Patrick Mahomes. I trust Andy Reed, you know, with his play calling. Um, and I, I think they can get it right. And by the way, they've improved their defense a lot. Their biggest problem last season was their defense. Even though their offense was a little bit dry at times last season, but their defense was a horror. That was a bad defense. Their defense was in the low 20s. And they've improved it significantly. You know, they brought in... Um, uh, they uh, they I forgot that guy, Justin Reed. They brought him from the Houston Texans at safety to replace Tyron Matthew. Yes, Tyron Matthew is a big loss for them, but they replaced him with a younger, you know, an and, and up-and-coming safety who's, who's had so, a couple of really... Good years for the Texans in a bad Texans team. They've they brought in Trent McDuffie um, in the draft this year, the cornerback from Washington State, very very good cornerback. Um, a lot of people were very high on him, um, so he I think he could come in and really plug in and really like um, you know anchor that cornerback position for the Chiefs. They, they drafted George Karloftis, the uh, the uh, the defensive end from from Purdue um You know, they need pass rushers, you know, and, you know, a lack of, you know, a lack of their, you know, the biggest weakness really was was that they couldn't rush the passer, right? And they've got, they've addressed that by by drafting George Coloftis. And by the way, James Bradbury is available. He's on the market. The Chiefs might not be done. They could bring him in. If they bring in James Bradbury to go with Trent McDuffie and Justin Reed and that improved secondary with their defensive line being improved, you know, I mean, Frank Clark is going to go back in. He's going to be. He's going to go. Uh, he's going to be kicked inside again. So you know, you know, rather than playing on the edge, you know, that's their their defense is going to. They're going to be. A, they're going to be a much more respectable defense. You know, I think their offense will be fine. Of course, the loss of Tyreek Kill will, will will impact Patrick Mahomes to some extent. His touchdowns. To interception ratio will be a little bit worse. I mean, I don't think he'll be an MVP candidate unless he unless he drops forty touchdowns and everybody will be like, oh, he's doing this without Tyreek Hill, he should be an MVP. But you know, I still think he'll put up really respectable numbers and the Chiefs will be respectable, and I think they can still win the division. So they're very they're underrated for me in the AFC. In the NFC, um, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. Nobody's really talking about them. I'm shocked at how. Uh, they're not getting a lot of coverage. This is a top. This was a top five defense in the NFL. They've upgraded their defense, they've upgraded to what is a top five defense in the NFL last season. They've signed Tyron Matthew, they signed Marcus May, they signed two, you know, new safeties. So they've improved their d- defensive back positions. They've already got uh, Marshawn Lattimore to go with Tyron Matthew and, and Marcus May, you know, and they've already got. You know their defensive front. They've already they've already got that, that that same defensive line. You know coming back. You know Dennis Dennis Allen, who was their defensive coordinator, promoted as head coach. You know even though they lost Sean Payton, they still they've still restored that continuity somewhat because they've promoted their defensive coordinator to the head coaching position. Right. So it's not like they have got a fresh new head coaches and new coordinators where they have to change the entire playbook. No, they've they've. They've got continuity there. They've kept Ch- James Winston. By the way, guys, James Winston. A lot of people sleeping on James Winston. I thought he had a really. I thought he was on well on his way to having a really really good revival year. I think he was like. I think he had like sixteen touchdowns, only three interceptions before he had that ACL injury. He was very efficient. He wasn't the turnover prone t- James Winston that we saw in Tampa. This was an an efficient James Winston that we saw in New Orleans. Now, of course the loss of Sean Payton will probably impact James Winston a little bit, but they still they still kept the same offensive personnel. They just really lost Sean Payton. That's it. So James Winston will probably be fine. And I still think he'll be efficient. You know, I thought that was the best option. I thought that was the best move to keep James Winston. Now, I can understand why they wanted Deshaun Watson, because Sean Watson's an upgrade over James Winston, 100%. You know, I get it, cool. But James Winston bringing him back, that was really important. They've got continuity. I think they're going to go to the playoffs. They were, they were so close to getting to, 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 to being in the playoffs. They were only one game away you know, from being in the playoffs. They were only a game back of San Francisco for the playoffs. So, you know, I think they'll go to the playoffs. I don't think they won't. I mean, they won't win the division. I still think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will. But I think the Saints can win 10 games and be in the playoffs and actually make some noise. So we're underrating the Chiefs and the Saints.
3: Okay, um, for me, I have to go with Chargers. I think them adding the defensive piece that they added is definitely going to help them out. Justin, my boy Herbert, and Sherbert, you know what I mean, um, should be able to do – actually, yeah, to do his thing. I wanted to go Bengals, but I'm going to leave them alone. Um, yeah. Yeah you to be able to do things here. Yeah. I think they're gonna step it up on all sides. Uh, I mean, adding Khalil is is a huge side on the defense, which is the problem running to uh, stopping running stopping runs. So I don't mind me, I believe. Um Yeah, stopping runs. I think he's gonna help that because that was their biggest weakness. To be honest, the whole season is like the defense couldn't stop a those You know what I mean? Um, and then another team. I don't want to say this guy's name because I really don't like him anymore. But I'm gonna say the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, you know, lost Adams. Can he make it a three-time MVP? Can he do something that hasn't been done before in the NFL? Maybe. He he did lose a few pieces, but I think that's what motiv- like he's not winning no championship. I'm not saying that. Like don't get twisted. <laughs> he, he's probably a first round exit, but um, he's gonna make some people think twice. You know what I mean? How much time does Aaron Rodgers have left? As arrogant as he is, but yeah, no. That's that's my two picks.
0: All right, so final question. I know I said that was the last question, but I got one more question i make my picks. So, in the NFC, I got the Vikings. People sleeping on the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to make some noise, even though King just picked the Packers. I don't think the Packers have enough offensively. I mean, they did lose their best offensive weapon in Devontae Adams. They haven't really replaced him. I mean, I know it's a lot of free agents. Out, wide receivers on the market, you still have Odell. Jarvis is still a free agent. Maybe they make some noise. Maybe I'll change my pick later in the summer. But right now, I like the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins is there. Same staff. I mean, new coaching staff. So maybe they get more out of that offense. That defense can definitely play better. They're not a bad defense. They didn't just play well. think Dalvin Cook has a bounce back season and runs the ball well. As far as the AFC, I'm going with the Colts. I don't think nobody's talked about the Colts. They literally have bad Ryan. I mean, things can't get any worse. This is a team that can win now with the right quarterback. They had Carson Wentz. Who is not the same guy? So shout out to the Commanders, aka my man Wicked Assassin's team. Even though he's not here right now, but big shout outs to Wicked. Um, and I just think, my, and uh, what's his name, uh, Philip Rivers? So Philip Rivers could get them to the playoffs. I'm pretty sure Matt Ryan can get to them get to the playoffs. Um, like I said, they there's no, that's another team that can make some moves as far as another adding another wide receiver to that room. I think if they do, they have a chance of. Potentially competing. Tennessee isn't gonna be the same. There's no way in hell that you lose AJ Brown and Julio Jones and just bring in Robert Woods, coming with the ACL and expecting to compete for that division. I mean, I, I think they're going back to that traditional round running pound pound game with Derrick Henry. Um, but I just don't think that's gonna be enough. Tannehill is too shaky of a quarterback. We all remember that last game he played against the Bagels, sour tasting everybody in the panel's mouth. So, I'm going with those two teams. Final question of the night for me and this could be a simple yes, no and what team do you think he end up, ends up playing for? Is Mr. Baker Mayfield. Where does he end up? And is he a is he a bust in your opinion? So, simple yes and no question and what team do you think he has to play for this season and then we'll end the show.
2: Um, he's not a bust. Um, I, I, I just, I think Baker, I don't think he's a bust. Um, because just, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt due to that, the 2020 season. Um, his next stop is going to determine whether he's a bust or not. So I'm not going to say bust yet, but his next stop is going to determine whether he's a bust or not, as far as number one overall. As far as the team, I, ooh, this is tough. <laughs> um i I really, really think it's going. It's going to be between. I think Carolina takes a chance on him. I really do. Um. Uh, I think Carolina takes a chance on him. So that's my pick. I think the Panthers take a chance. Take a Take a. Take a chance on him.
4: Yeah. No. He's he's not a boss. Um. He's had two very good seasons in the NFL. I mean. 2018 um, before Justin Herbert's rookie se- rookie season Baker Mayfield statistically had you know one of the best rookie seasons from a QB um, he fell off in 2019 um, you know uh, so- somewhat of course 2020 he started off the season a bit rocky but he ended up he-, he ended the season on a high I think he threw for like 25 26 touchdowns and I think he only had like maybe 10 interceptions. So he put up solid numbers. Um, so I wouldn't say those numbers are from a player that you would consider a, to be a bust. And then, you know, in 2021, just last season, you know, he just had, just was unfortunate with the shoulder injury. Um, I do admire him for, for playing through it. He wanted to be tough. I get, I get it, Cool, But, you know, obviously that could be, de- you know, that did derail, not only his recovery, of course, but also that derailed, you know, not only his season, but also the team's season. Um, but um, So, you know, it's just unfortunate there. So, no, I, he's not a bust, easily, no. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with Brandon. I'm, I'm saying the Panthers just because um, I've been hearing a lot um, of rumors from Ian Rappaport that the Panthers are the team that probably are most connected to the Baker Mayfield situation. They're probably the team that are the most interested. They're the, most, they're the team that put in the most interest in Baker Mayfield. Um whether he goes there or not, I feel I think the pack. I think the Panthers, the Panthers are, are his likely destination for me.
3: Uh Baker is not a bust. Bad luck. The injury is I think I agree with both gentlemen. The injury, or at least with the, Saeed the injury is like the biggest part of it. I don't know too many quarterbacks that have played with a busted shoulder and had a and won a Super Bowl. I mean, if there's one, please let me know. I'll be waiting. Um, but I don't, I don't know the whole thing with Deshaun. The the Browns don't want to get fleeced, so they'll they'll eat it if they have to, and nobody really knows the Desha- Deshaun situation. I know they picked up another quarterback, but. It's maybe a way they can use to drive up the cost of, of Baker. Yeah, it sucks, but it's a tactic that could work. You know, if if Deshaun gets suspended for six games or whatever the case is, you got six games with Baker. Baker could look good. You're like, oh, Yo, we got Deshaun coming back. You know, you guys need a quarterback. You guys have injuries, and the Panthers aren't good. But I think you go to a lot of a lot of teams. Well, not a lot of teams a team like the Vikings he can end up with the Vikings if Kirk gets hurt I think they'll, they'll, they will they'll might take him um, of course everybody wants to see the Panthers feel sorry for Sam Donald um, another team could be you know I, I might have to add to that one later like another time in another pot but yeah I, I can see him going to the Panthers and another uh, team I was talking about um, but yeah, Baker just has bad luck in the sense of he's trying to prove himself all the time. There's no real reason for him to do that. I mean, you're the number one overall pick. Just do your job. But he he has this chip on the shoulder attitude that I think is going to get him benched for a while until he realizes he has to be an adult about things. Not everything has to be put on social media. And can he have more touchdowns than than commercials next year? If he gets on the (laughs) field? Like, please. That's all I'm begging for. More touchdowns, (laughs) less interceptions than than his commercials. His commercials and interceptions were almost at the same pace. (laughs)
0: Nah. (laughs) I I agree with all you guys. I feel like he's not a bust. But the problem with Baker is that contract. It's like it's an $18 million contract. I think. LeBron's are going to just have to swallow their pride and just release him and pay him that money. Then I think it's going to be an open bid. I don't see Carolina because there's going to be too many quarterbacks in that room. Like you're going to have Sam – you're going to have two of the three and, like, top three of that draft class with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield in there. I don't think that's going to work. the team that people are not really talking about, I think the New Orleans Saints can make a play for them. I think – Jameis Winston is great, but I think if you add a guy like Baker, who's a little bit more accurate and doesn't turn the ball over as much as Jameis, you can have a shot in that division. Um, the Giants are another team, but the, I think the Giants are really not interested right now because of that, that cap situation. But I think if they could give Baker on a vet minimum, they could probably add three quarterbacks into that into that class because if DJ struggles. You can take a look at Baker to see if there's any tread left on that tire and we'll try to see if they get anything out of Baker. But if I agree with King, it may be a scenario where they keep him for six games. But if you're Baker, do you don't want to play for that?
3: Well, I don't think Baker would want to play there, but if I can get better film out there to get me to where I want to go. Like Seattle, that was the other team I was thinking about as well, even though they say they're not interested in them. Drew Locke and Geno Smith, really? Like, y'all really are you trying to lie? Y'all go for
2: who? Who did Malik Willis go to? Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm bugging. All right, bro. I'm bugging.
4: Tennessee could yeah. be another, Ooh. yeah. I'm saying it's interesting, uh, case on. I disagree with you on the Saints though, because I like, i I personally think James Winston's better than Baker Mayfield. Um, but you know, um yeah, I've in terms of Seattle, like you said, King, Seattle should definitely look at Baker Mayfield. He's way better than Drew Locke, you know. Um I mean I'm shocked that Pete Cowell's I mean, there's no way Pete Pete Cowell's lying through his teeth when he's saying that Drew Locke would be the first quarterback. Selected in this class Because obviously, you know He's better than Kenny Pickett know. Yeah, he's better really? than Kenny
0: Pickett He's better than Kenny Pickett He's better than Malik Willis I'd say, say, say,
4: say, 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 say he's better than Malik Willis Just because Malik Willis was more raw You know, he's had a little where, bit more true, raw I, I'd, thing thing I'd say with Kenny Pickett it. Kenny Pickett You know, he's had the cleaner tape I'm not saying that Kenny like, Pickett's Way better, I'm not saying that Kayser, don't worry. I'm just saying like, the scouts are going to lean more towards cleaner tape, and I tend to agree, because yes, you know, we'll he's whereas Drew Lock, whereas Drew Locke is probably more of a, uh, you know, like Malik Willis, a more developmental quarterback. He's more of a quarterback that needs to be developed. You know, Kenny Pickett, trust me, Kayser, we had, this, we had the draft a couple of months back. I'm not that high on Kenny Pickett. Being like a superstar, you know, top top 10 quarterback. I think he's at minimum, he's at least the cut Cousins. At least breaking top 12, top 15 quarterback in the NFL at the very least. Like, that's just where I'm at with Kenny Pickett. But, you know, I think Kenny Pickett would be picked first. Drew Lock would be second. I mean, as far you know, as I'm the, the collegiate right? Have, have you watched 29. him play at Missouri? Yes, I have. <laughs> if the tape wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. I, no, I was what I'm the saying.
0: I'm, I'm I'm saying the tape. I was, I was Drew Locke was supposed <laughs> to be the number one quarterback coming up that 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 collegiate that collegiate year. I forgot what year. But Drew Locke is hey, not
4: bad.
0: Hey, let me on, make this I'll play real quick one. and I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to let you talk. This is the thing with Drew Locke and a lot of quarterbacks that come into the league. Some of these quarterbacks fall into the wrong system. If you look at a guy like Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen never had the opportunity to fully show he could be the guy. He went to the Cardinals under, I want to say, Steve Brooks, right? Went up got one year, literally got the can because they wanted college. I don't, have, there's not, that's not a, because if you want your guy, you want your guy. You want but a lot of these kids don't get the opportunity to decide because we're, in, we're now in a time where if you don't produce like, uh, uh, what's the kick from the Chargers? Herb. Um, Herbert. Herbert. If you don't know, come right away like a Russell Wilson and and light up the NFL, we're moving on from you. Like, that's why I can respect the Giants to sticking with DJ and letting him grow and giving him everything he needs to see if he's the guy. We we can't say that we've literally seen Drew being nice. play a full season and say that he's, he's going to be better than a guy like Kenny Pickett who hasn't proven anything. He wasn't that good at the collegiate level.
4: That's yeah, why that look.
2: I mean, this quarterback yeah, class. Uh, I will tell you what,
4: man. This quarterback class was weak, and 2019 wasn't that strong. I'll, I'll tell you what. I thought Drew Lock was better than I thought he had better take than Daniel Jones. You know, I thought Daniel Jones was a late first round pick, and Drew was a late first round pick. Somehow, Daniel Jones was a reach at six for you guys. So, I was surprised he went that high. You know, I mean, Dwayne, I thought Dwayne Haskins should have been the QB too. You know, God but rest he, his soul. I thought he should have been QB too. Upsides. A lot he of should have been the QB too. You know, know and then you pick, and you pick Daniel Jones and then Dwayne Haskins goes in the middle of the first round, which causes Drew Locke to fall. I never thought Drew Locke was going to be a mid-second round pick. I thought he was at least a mid-to-late first-round pick. But if you're going to base off, I just think Kenny picked. I just look at both their teams. think he's a little cleaner, and he's, a, he's both... Listen, at the end of the day, when a GM is drafting a quarterback, they're drafting a quarterback because, you know, they... they two reasons. One is because they're replacing a quarterback that's been there for a long time, in which Pittsburgh with Ben Mottlesberger. And two, they're drafting a quarterback because the quarterback that they currently have, you know, that they have, you know, like, it's not good enough, right? And they need they need to, like, change, Right? Pittsburgh Steelers, right, you know, they have a GM who's leaving, Kevin Colbert. The pressure really is going to be on, you know, Mike Tomlin. And, you know, this is the first time picking a quarterback because remember, Mike Tomlin inherited, you know, he came into a situation where, you know, when Ben Roethlisberger was already quarterback, when Bill Cowell was co- head coach. You know, so, you know, this is first time picking a quarterback, you know, and look, Kenny Pickett better be the guy because if he ain't the guy, man, you know, Mike Tomlin's job might be in question because the Steelers might not do well. You know, their defense is gonna regress because that defense has had to carry the load over the last over the last few years. You know, uh, you know during Ben burgers ben decline, so you know they're gonna to need to like get a younger, fresher quarterback that can add more legs, add more, add more wheels, add more, much more of a, much more of a you know nuance, right? So. You know, I'd understand the Kenny Pickett pick because he does have wheels, he's 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 very mo- mobile as well. His arm is not his arm strength ain't ain't the biggest for me. That's probably the concern. You know, hence the small hands, you know, and, and the gloves, you know, but he can move, he can create plays in the pocket, you know, he's accurate. I can understand that I just had Malik Willis as my number one QB because I thought his his upside was the highest. He has elite potential if you develop him. I was shocked that he fell, you know, in the third round, you know, and then obviously with Drew Locke, you know, I don't think he would be the first quarterback taken in this year's class. I think he would have been second, but he would have been the first round pick. But the only reason why, like, guys like Malik Willis fell was because teams viewed this quarterback class as weak and they're gearing more towards next year's class. Next year's class is going to be stacked. You've got CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Spencer Rattler coming out. I don't know this kid's name, but he plays in Boston College. Um, he's going to come out to – they've got a lot of top-heavy QBs coming out next year. It's class. You know, some people are saying it could be as many as seven quarterbacks in in the first round. You know, we'll see. But, you know, teams are gearing up towards next year. You know, so that's why. But, yeah.
0: Well, I'd like to thank all you guys for tuning in to the Sports glyphs edition. Um Special shout shoutouts to King Brandon Saeed Thank you guys. Um, Thank you for Bruce Tony in the building. Um Thank you for listening, Tony Tone. Tony Tone. He already watching the Rangers. That's why he he enjoy. He watching the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did,
2: they, they pissing me off, man.
0: <laughs> but nah, man. Um, King, any projects coming out? You know, let the people know where they can find your projects. You know, YouTube channel and all that.
3: Um. We're on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music. Type in pops, Bops, B-O-P-S, 5,000 between sports. You can find us on YouTube, IG. Yeah, YouTube, IG is on Spotify and Apple Music. Check it out. That's a sports show that me and my cousin do. More than welcome to have any of you guys on there as well. You just gotta let me know. It's done v- via video, but then spread out audio as well. And thank nah, you for having me on the
0: show as well, Kaseem. Oh no problem. So we'll definitely be back tomorrow because the NFL is releasing the schedule. So I mean, I know Saeed said he's down, brand down. I don't know if you're gonna. be I got no
2: um my my, fa- my family is having a birthday party around five o'clock, so I know I definitely will be busy. But I'm gonna try. i try to tune. I'm gonna try to listen and tune in to see what y'all doing. But I know I'm gonna be busy tomorrow.
0: Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, but we we'll definitely be down. We're going to be breaking down the schedule, making some early predictions. I mean, when we get everybody together, we're going to make the full predictions. You already know games, new Giants in the building, Giants going to the division. It's so, like, you no, let me stop. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, hey, but, hey, guys, 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 that schedule that I sent you, man, it's looking legit, man. The Giants have a horrible schedule. The first six games, man, are going to be against playoff teams at least, like yeah. against – it's bad, man. It's looking Zied, bad. Zied, my expectations, all, are already, my
0: all, expectations are already over. Y'all could start 0-6, man. Tide, I told you. If, if that schedule is true, you banned. Like, I'm taking you off phase one, man. you going to be Listen, <laughs> <Hey, laughs> Don't worry, so worry, don't worry going, man. man. Yeah, don't worry, man.
4: Listen, you know, the Giants will make a late season run. They'll, you know, they'll start those. They'll, they'll try and win a few games. Maybe try and finish, you know, 6-11. No. It's, it's all good. <laughs> Let's um, go, but, uh, <laughs> hey, We'll see, man. But all I know, man, like the Vikings one is accurate, like at the very least. They're gonna probably start on the road against uh, Vikings. Jets will be at home at MetLife, anyways. Um, so, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I can't wait for the schedule, man, because it's gonna look, listen. Once the schedule's released, bro, it's easy to make predictions, man, because we'll, we'll know our bye weeks, man. You know, and you know, whoever has the bye week deep deep in the season, like, probably might have a, a, a really good record, you know, because, you know, by bye weeks, man, in November, like, late November, early November, you know, the bye weeks are going to come in handy, so I can't wait to see, you know, the, the games, it's going to be fun, the schedule's going to be, the schedule's going to be really cool, so I can't wait to break that down. All
0: right, so with that said, we're going to sign out. See y'all tomorrow. Brandon, see you when I see you. King, See you when I see you, my good brothers.
2: All right, y'all be safe, man. All right, All right man. Stay plus, right. guys.